Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is Paycheck Protection Program Loan Forgiveness. And principal of Bowl and Associates in Oakland, Maryland. They specialize in tax planning, consulting, and prep. Brian, good morning. Good morning, Eric. How's it going? Oh, going all right. How about on your end? It's going good. Going good. Just working from home. How about how about you? Are you able to get in the office? Yeah, we've we've had to do a little bit of both. We've got some some staff members at home, but we're also utilizing the office on, on limited occasions as well. At uh, trying to trying to get through tax season with a a strange environment this year. Yeah, I'm sure the 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 timing of this is not uh, not not ideal, huh? No, timing timing's not been ideal, but uh, the government did give us a few few months here to get the get the taxes wrapped up. So in in the midst of what we're gonna, what our topic is today, that that's helped us a little bit to try to balance both at the same time. Absolutely. Well, I know a lot has been um, talked about in the media, and um, I know we've provided a lot at the at the bank. We've been providing customers, uh, particularly business customers, with a lot of information about the Paycheck Protection Program and the loans that you can get from from that. Um, tell me a little bit about um, you know the the PPP program, kind of high level. What have you been seeing? What have you been hearing? Yeah, that's a it's a great it's a hot topic these days for sure. <clears throat> the government came out with this this pay, Paycheck Protection Program as a way of of helping small business in this, you know, this crisis period right now to try to keep people, you know, try to keep employees on small business payrolls um, rather than on the unemployment lines. You know, it's really a lifeline to try to keep these small businesses going. We've been involved in a tremendous amount of the, you know, the back, back end work on these, these PPP calculations uh, as they're, they're based on payroll and, you know, really what the government did is, is the government's in effect advancing you two and a half months of your average 2019 payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you receive this advance in the form of, in the form of a loan, potentially forgivable, uh, as long as you meet the right criteria, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. But as this advance comes in, you've got certain expenditures, payroll related, um, potentially some, some rent and utilities, uh, mortgage interest type expenditures that can be made from these funds to put it into a forgiveness situation. Again, the idea from the government was utilization of, of this would be a lifeline to keep small businesses afloat during the crisis. Right. Well, and I think the biggest um, and, and most eye-catching a point that that many businesses saw, I'm sure, in this was the forgivable aspect of it. So, um, and and as we mentioned, that's that's kind of our topic today. It's a lot of people are starting to receive the funds. Um, there have been um, quite a few businesses that that have um, begun to receive those those funds, and they're starting to use them. They want to understand how to ensure they can get that forgivable portion maximized. Um, so talk to us a little bit about forgiveness and how, how that works. Yeah. And, and it's a very, you're exactly right. Eric is, is the forgiveness is the big piece of this that everybody's interested in. Um, 
and I, I'm going to caveat this a little bit in that the guidance is is coming out. You know, as we speak, there's still guidance coming out in regards to the forgiveness piece. We know Treasury's working hard to put together a package on this so that everybody will have some concise rules to go by. But we'll certainly, we can talk at a high level on it right now. Again, if you receive your, your advance from the PPP program, it's, it's not exclusively envisioned for payroll. There are some other expenditures that you can make from it, which we'll talk about, but the primary purpose of the advance was for payroll purposes and to try to keep your employees on your payroll. So you can utilize up to a hundred percent of these funds for payroll purposes and potentially be forgiven. Payroll is a forgivable expense according to the PPP program. So if we spend the funds in the payroll manner, and when I mention payroll, there are specific items of payroll that are not forgivable, and those would be your employer federal payroll taxes, like your FICA, your Medicare, your federal unemployment tax. Those are not forgiven as part of the PPP program. However, your gross payroll plus your state unemployment taxes plus group health insurance, plus employer contributions to a retirement plan are all potentially forgivable items. As well as you can utilize up to 25% of your forgiven proceeds for things such as rent, utilities, and mortgage interest. I want to be clear on that. There's a a little bit of, of difference in opinion on guidance on the 25%, and we're, we're waiting for a further guidance from Treasury on this. But the 25%, as we see it now, appears to be based on the forgivable piece of the loan. In other words, the amount that you, it's not 25% of your original proceed advance if you don't utilize 75% of that for payroll. If you would utilize less than 75%, of your original advance for payroll, your 25% is going to be limited as well in the same ratio. So you do want to be careful. You want to work closely with your accountant, with your banker, to make sure that you're doing this properly when it comes to this 25% forgivable piece related to the rent, utilities, and potentially mortgage interest. Uh, When I mention utilities, I want to define utilities a little bit better too. Our understanding is gas, electric, as well as phone and internet service for your business. Those are potentially included in utilities. Just your monthly bills for those items? Yeah, monthly bills. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's uh, the other thing I probably should mention, Eric, is you're, you have an eight-week period to utilize your, your PPP funds in order to attain this forgiveness. And that eight-week period starts the day that your disbursement of funds began. In other words, the day the bank dispersed the funds to you started your eight-week clock to spend your your funds on payroll or these other items that I mentioned. That eight-week clock is is your forgivable period. So you have to utilize those funds within that eight-week period. Gotcha. Yeah, it sounds like it could get very complicated for people very quickly, depending on how their business is set up. That that's exactly right, and there are different you know there are different setups as you mentioned um, with employees and payroll and your your corporations, your LLCs. 
uh, it, it's pretty straightforward. It's based on your gross payroll and these other items that I mentioned, your state unemployment taxes. Um, but in a sole proprietorship situation, a sole proprietor is not on their own payroll per se. They're required to follow that same eight-week period. So what you know, we look at, at what I'll call best practices on the PPP, and one that we feel and that we've been utilizing in a sole proprietorship situation is as a sole proprietor, if you receive the PPP, you've got your advance set up. A lot of folks set those up in their own separate PPP account, which we recommend it as well, just to keep it separate for the purpose of, of reconciling the forgiveness with the bank. Every eight, once a week for the next eight weeks, divide your PPP by eight, take a distribution from your business, a draw from your, your sole proprietorship out of the business account into your personal account. This is going to be very important when you get into the reconciliation process with the bank. Right. Okay. Um, while we're while we're on that topic of best practices, so you you talked about um, having the money, uh, the funds in a separate account, and then and then kind of using it out of that account. Um, do you have other best practices that you're currently recommending? Yeah, I think the, the separate account was one that we liked. It's certainly not required, but it was a, a process that we liked because, you know, we if we think down the road to the reconciliation process for forgiveness, if you have the separate bank account, you have a every time a disbursement comes out of that account, there should be a document to back up that disbursement. So what we've been recommending to our clients is set up a folder that's your PPP folder Every time a disbursement comes out of your PPP account, put the document in that folder that backs up that disbursement. When it comes time to reconcile with the bank at the end of the, the PPP eight-week period, you've got this folder that should then have all your documentation to show every time that funds were spent from that account. Um, we also recommend there are a lot of spreadsheet calculators out there. Uh, we certainly you know, would recommend that you, you, you work with your accountant, work with your banker to utilize one of those spreadsheets so that you're tracking your funds throughout the process. Got it. Um, so I think you, uh, you covered the topic of components that are forgivable. Um, do you have any other thoughts on, on that? You talked about payroll and what is and what's not included, rent and utilities, what is and it's not included. Is it, is it as simple as that? It, it is pretty much as simple as that. Of course, everything has details associated with it. So again, I, I, I'd highly recommend everybody speak with their accountant or, and or their banker on this. For instance, with payroll, there, there is a $100,000 limit on compensation uh, to any in, individual that's being paid from PPP funds. So there's a certain amount of money that, they, that an individual that makes more than 100000 on an annual basis may be limited to as to the amount they can receive from the PPP. So there are definitely details associated with all of these various items mm -hmm. that, again, I would, I would recommend that, that anybody going through the PPP process stay very close to their accountant and their banker. Right. So to clarify, if you have an employee who, who, who prior to this made over $100,000 um, in the, would it be for that eight week period or is it for the year and then divide it out? Yeah. So that's a great question. So it, if you had an employee that is over a hundred thousand dollars in compensation, typically, uh, they're going to be limited. So for example, if we had an employee that makes 
$200,000 a year. They're limited to only $100,000 of compensation coming from the PPP. Mm -hmm. So you have to take that $100,000, divide that by 52 weeks, multiply that by eight weeks. That's going to be the maximum amount that they're eligible to take from in payroll from any of the PPP proceeds they've received. Gotcha. So the, so the number gets annualized and that's, that's how you decide it whether does. they, you know, are over that hundred thousand limit or not. That's correct. Okay. Um, and then you, you mentioned in best practices, you talked about, um, having that separate account and, and documentation, documentation, you, you, you kind of, hit on quite a bit. So it's important to make sure that it's, it's very clear what you were using those funds for so that then later and looking backwards, you'll be able to, to have a better understanding of what was and was not forgivable. Um, in terms of documentation, is there any specific thing you're looking for? It's just literally just have everything as, as clean as possible. So if you're making transfers from one bank account to another, just have that noted or, look at your bank statements is that that kind of thing yeah that's a great question so you know anytime you you our, our recommendation would be anytime that funds are dispersed from the ppp account there should be some document to show exactly where they're going so if you take a transfer from your ppp account into your operating account there should be a document to show not only the transfer itself but what did the transfer go to fund so, for instance, if the operating account was being used to pay a, a utility bill that was potentially forgivable um, through the PPP, that transfer from the PPP account to the operating account for this utility bill, you should have the transfer documentation as well as the utility bill itself that was paid so that we have a good trail. There should be a good audit trail at the end of the process to show what each and every disbursement went to in order to achieve maximum forgiveness. Got it. So let's talk a little bit about um, pay, payments on the loan. I'm just curious about during that eight-week period, obviously you're using those proceeds from the loan to pay payroll or in bills or, or whatever it may be. Um, how, how does payments to the financial institution work or are there any? Yeah, there are no payments. So currently during this eight-week process and up until the time of your forgiveness reconciliation, there are no payments to the bank. Those payments have been deferred at this point. However, if you get to the reconciliation process and you either haven't utilized all of the funds or you have potentially non-forgivable items that you have utilized the funds for, you will then have this, this is a, a loan advance, and that will become an installment loan at the end of, end of this, this reconciliation period. And at that time, you would begin a monthly payment um, to back to the bank over a one-and-a-half-year period at that point with 1% interest. You know, this is basically a two-year term that started on the day you received the funds. However, the first six months were deferred, uh, but you will have a monthly payment at 1% back to the bank at that point on any funds that were unforgivable. Gotcha. Okay. So we've covered a lot of ground. Um, one thing uh, that I'm sure you're getting a lot of 
is questions <laughs> beyond just the questions I've asked you. You're probably yep. getting a lot of questions from businesses and business owners trying to make sure that they're they're covered. What is what are some of the the questions or, or are there any questions you're getting a lot of from businesses that you're trying to get clarification out there for? Yeah, and I, that's a great you know great point. And and one of the biggest questions that that we're getting these days from from a lot of businesses is, okay, I've got my PPP. I've gone to my employees, I've offered my employees to come back to work, but I'm having a hard time getting them to come back. Maybe the business is closed. Let's use the restaurant industry as an example. Let's say the business is closed at this point. My, my employees are, are at home, they're on unemployment. You know, they, they simply don't see the benefit of coming back right now when, when we're not open uh, for business at this point, you know, to a full capacity. Right. So the, the question has come from a lot of employers saying, what do we do? Because part of the PPP program is we turned in a certain headcount with the calculation that said, here's how many folks we had on payroll at February 15th. If we're not able to restore that number of full-time equivalents by June 30th, we could have a potential payback to the SBA based on not being able to restore our full employee headcount. Well, what happens in that situation when an employee does not come back to work? Well, we just got some guidance uh, yesterday, or, or Sunday, I should say, from Treasury on this. And basically, they, they gave a bit of a safe harbor that says, if your employee does decline the opportunity to come back to work, that potentially this will not be, this will not be penalized in the forgiveness process if you have valid documentation to prove the offer, the job offer was made to the employee and the job offer was declined by the employee, both in writing. Hmm. So that is a potential safe harbor to save some of the payback on the potential, potential unforgiveness by not restoring your full headcount. Right. That's interesting. That I say, Eric, would be the biggest question we're getting these days is, is what do I do if, if my employees won't come back to work? Yeah. When you're trying to get those employees to come back, so the, in, in that scenario, you've, you've let them go or you've laid them off or, or, or whatever the situation may be, and now you're trying to get them back because you have these funds, do you have to bring them back at the uh, pay amount that they were originally, that they were getting prior to this? At least 75% of it, yes. Okay. All right, so you do at least at least seventy five percent of what they were making before. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, um, Brian, do you have any final thoughts uh, that you can offer to those listening ab- about this process? Any any uh, anything that's on your mind that we didn't cover today? Yeah, I think uh, the biggest thing, Eric, that I would say is, and I've mentioned a couple times, I would I would strongly encourage anybody that received PPP funds to to stay very close to your your accountant and your banker in this situation, um, because the rules are changing. The rules are are changing quickly, and you know we've heard of some other industries that may you know change that are pushing hard to say let's let's potentially change some of the dates involved in PPP, et cetera. We have no guidance on that yet. But what I would say is I would stay very close to your banker and your accountant in this process because the you know it is this this forgiveness is very important. You want to make sure you've done everything properly. Sure. Great. Well Brian, I want to sincerely thank you for joining me today. 
uh, taking the time to provide such helpful insights. If any of our listeners happen to have a question or want to learn more or, uh, you know, maybe there's something we didn't cover that they're they're they have a question about. Is there a way that they can reach you or get the support they need? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd be glad to anybody can can reach out to us by phone three oh one. 334-4007. Uh, we also have on our on our website at, at bowenassociates.com, we do have a, an info mailbox. Anybody is glad, I'd be glad for anybody to submit a question that way and, and we'll do our best to get an answer. And that is info at bowl, B-O-A-L, and associates.com. And we'll try to get a, a prompt answer out right away. Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me. Um, That brings us to the end of the show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave us feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. Is my family protected if something happens to me? Is my plan getting me where I'm going? Are you ready if I want to be a doctor? When it comes to money, we all have questions. That's why First United Wealth Management has a team of experts ready to listen and provide solutions. First United Wealth Management. First United, my bank for life. This recording is for informational purposes only. Any references in this recording to any person, organization, product, or service does not constitute or imply the endorsement, recommendation, or affiliation with First United Bank and Trust. First United is not responsible for your use of the information mentioned within this podcast. Please consult legal or tax professionals for counsel as needed.